Ayo, Nehaneno toca Tupac Enrique Acosta Yautashkao, Datoko Nawakalis Caloteca. My name is Tupac Enrique Acosta. They call me the, they call me Wewekoil. I'm known by Wewekoil among my people of the Iscaloteca. I'm here in the treaty territories of the 1868 treaty that the Lakota Ochetasokuan nation negotiated and uh, ratified with the U.S. government. And we're concluding a series of talks, a set of treaty talks, with the uh, folks that convene this conversation, this gathering here in the treaty territories uh, that was uh, presided over by the 1894 Sioux Nation Treaty Council, whose spokesperson, Charmaine Whitefish, we've been meeting in her home here in Rapid City for the last three days. And this uh, message is a report and a message to the folks who might, might hear this testimony uh, from what has occurred here over these last few days in the treaty talks, that you should know, that we should know, that the present generation should know and the future generation should be made aware of the significance of what these... Uh, Traditions have for us in terms of the treaty responsibilities that we uphold still till today. And in this conversation about treaty responsibilities, there was two aspects to this conversation that had to do with that moment when at a sudden moment, at a sudden certain moment, things that were on the inside turned to the outside and things were on the outside appeared on the inside. And that is the traditional village vision that we call the teachings of the Kundur Anka, the teachings of the eagle, the teachings of the condor, and that describes the confederacy of original nations throughout this continent, from the very tip in the south to the north, and it's described under the instructions that were given to the nations of the north under the eagle confederacies of the north, and the instructions that were given to the original nations in the south the, the nations of the condor in the south, no? And this is known as the confederation of the eagle and the condor. And so in that confederation, in this confederation, we have a presence. We have a history. We have a memory. But we have a presence as well. And in this present moment, in this present time, in this territory of the 1868 treaty territories presided over in the treaty talks that were convened by the uh, 1894 Sioux Nation Treaty Council and uh, coordinated by Charmaine Whitefish as the as a spokesperson for that council, we have also had treaty talks among ourselves. Yes, we are addressing the treaties that were negotiated with the settler state system, in this case, the United States of America, but we also had conversations with our relatives from the Mapuche Nation in the south all the way in Chile, who have also treaty nations, relationships with the Vatican, with Spain, and with the government of Chile. They do not identify as Chileans. They're not citizens of the state of Chile, nor are they of Argentina or any of those countries. They are members of their own nation, and they still stand as treaty nations in relationship to the government. So that aspect of treaty relationships that they have down there, we understand it's the same relationship that the Ocheta Sakuan have still till today here. In spite of all of the incursions and invasions 
and dispossessions and colonizations, both external and internal, the treaty position still stands. The Ochetas Akuan is a nation. The Ochetas Akuan as a nation has its representative, has its spokesperson, and fundamentally they have a treaty standing position that is recognized in the international legal system that is evidenced by the treaty with the U.S. government, in particular the 1868 treaty. Based on that, we convened here at the offices of the 1894 Sioux Nation Treaty Council, uh, uh, which happens to be the kitchen table of Charmaine Whiteface. And we had some very good uh, buffalo stew and some buffalo tongue, so you know what I'm talking about. I'm pretty happy right now. And with that contentment and a full stomach, I want to say that we're about to depart back to our territories. I come from Arizona. And uh, we are engaged now in the process of living the responsibilities that have been our inheritance as original nations of the indigenous peoples of this continent that we call the continent of Abiyala, also known as the Great Turtle Island here in the north. So with that instruction, we want to make note and put it on the record officially, officially, never to be forgotten, never to be relegated to uh, to uh, anecdotal evidence. This is legal evidence that when the Gwendolyn chiefs from 1973 went to the United Nations for the first time, they went to the United Nations to have the indigenous treaties, in particular the 1868 treaty, be the context of the negotiation process that had to be upgraded and updated because of all of the violations that had taken place in the treaty territories since 1868. They went from Wounded Knee to the UN to accomplish that, to have the treaties instituted, recognized, respected, and mechanisms for their enforcement be brought to bear by the United Nations systems, uh, as is represented uh, by the UN New York. They went to do that, to have them integrated into the body of international law as a legitimate and valid component of the international legal system. Sadly, till today, we can say that yes, there is now a UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. It exists. We know that there is also a permanent forum on Indigenous issues. It exists. We know that there is an expert mechanism on indigenous peoples in Geneva, it exists. We know that there is also a special rapporteur in the UN on the rights of indigenous peoples, but we also know that the treaties themselves have yet to be archived officially and, and uh, integrated uh, with integrity into the body of international law in the UN, either in Geneva or New York. That has not yet still today been accomplished, and that is why the chiefs went. That task is still at hand, and yesterday we met on June the 22nd, which is the anniversary of the treaty study that was accomplished by Dr. Miguel Alfonso Martinez, who conducted this treaty on this, a study by the UN on this treaty issue, and I would like to read one phrase from that study that was concluded in 1999 and presented to the United Nations Human Rights Commission in his final report on June 22nd of 1999. Here's one phrase from that study. It's phrase titled with the number 273. I'm going to read. As a result of his research, the Special Rapporteur has ample proof 
that indigenous peoples, indigenous nations who have entered treaty relationships with non-indigenous settlers and their continuators strongly argue that those instruments not only continue to be valid and applicable to their situation today, but they are a key element for their survival as distinct peoples. All those consulted, either directly in mass meetings or with them, mass meetings with them, or in their responses to the special repertoire's questionnaire, or by direct or written testimony, have clearly indicated their conviction that they indeed remain bound by the provisions of the instruments of their ancestors, that their ancestors or they themselves concluded with the non-indigenous peoples. It's a simple fact. The, the UN Permanent Forum, the Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, the Expert Mechanism, the Special Rapporteur on Indigenous Rights, that wasn't why we were sent to the UN. We were sent to have the treaties instituted, recognized, respected, and mechanisms for the enforcement of those treaty responsibilities and obligations to be the reality of a peaceful Wolakota relationship between the indigenous nations in this territory and the settler state systems that surround, in fact, invaded. In fact, are still surrounding and are still, in fact, invading. Therefore, on the anniversary of the treaty study of 1999, June 22nd, yesterday, we recommitted as confederations of indigenous nations, of indigenous nations in treaty relationships with each other under the teachings of the Kundur Anka, the Eagle and the Condor, to re-emerge and present ourselves to the world community, to the national communities in each country, and affirm once again that this is our position still till today, and we will not, we will not, we will not be in consent with any effort, and we will challenge and, and, uh, and, um, and bring to the world consciousness that the original Article 36 that was presented to the United Nations Human Rights Commission that dealt with treaty issues, the original article that was supposed to go into the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, but it was extracted and omitted, that original article that said that if there was treaty disputes, disputes, no, on the treaty issues, that those disputes had to be submitted to a competent international body agreed to by all parties. The disputes have to be submitted to a competent international body agreed to by all parties. That was the position then, that's the position now. And based on that common principle, we're taking the treaty fight forward. So this message today to the relatives here in the Lakota territories, in the treaty territories, is the message of the war Lakota. We understand and we stand with you on this principle. We share the understanding that this principle represents for us. We also have our own understanding and ways of communicating what we have been taught is the Wolakota uh, uh, teaching for our nations to have good relations with each other and our relatives and our relatives and our, and our, and our, and our Mother Earth. Based on that, this message is to share a greeting 
from our relatives in the South. We just received the message from the people of the Tahuantinsuyo, the Confederacy of the Condor in Peru, in Cusco, Peru. We just spoke with them, and they also extend their greetings and well wishes, prayers, and blessings for the well-being of our nations and our confederations of nations, and that we may have the strength to live up to our responsibilities as caretakers of Mother Earth, as caretakers of the future generations, as guardians of the territorial integrity of Mother Earth. Ayo, Tupac, Huehuecoyo, Escaloteca. Ayo. There were stars before the sky was turned black by smoking war guns of alien armies who came to put blame to the land, searing scars of colonization, genocide, racism, and greed. The echoes still roar, hollowed-eyed sockets of false reality still see those rockets, still stare into the gory red glare of scorched earth burnt air, burned to a stump, a corporate orange Kool-Aid trumped up version of white man's burn. Claiming the throne of empire, gaming the land lust desire, marketing the electorate, commodifying the constituencies of white supremacy and modern day manifest destiny. Against whom they stood, they stood in resistance, they stood in rebellion, they stand in regeneration. They, who are we, indigenous peoples, understood. The stars will return in the sky. <laughs> 